So hello and welcome to the New Gig Podcast. I'm your host, Glenn Hodgson. And today I'm delighted to be joined by the CEO of CAPI, Mr. Andreas Hellingström. How are you doing, Andreas? Hi, Glenn. I'm doing very well. Thank you. Thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Excellent. Very happy to have you here. And let's start uh, a little bit for the viewers and listeners about CAPI. Basically, what are you doing and what are the services you're offering? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So um, I'm the uh, CEO and founder of CAPI. And what we do is that you know, we partner with businesses to enable their workers to be able to track, to see how much they've worked and earned, and be able to withdraw a portion of that earned income before payday. You know, in real time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, mm-hmm. without incurring extra debt to these, you know, these workers' personal finances. Uh, so that is it in a nutshell. And we call this flexible pay. And, you know, mm-hmm. flexible pay has numerous advantages for, you know, for both workers and businesses. Yeah. Uh, workers, workers tend to experience, uh, you know, a higher level of freedom uh, and control when they are themselves, you know, when they have power over their own pay. Um, and, you know, businesses at the same time get more engaged workers that are focusing on the work, you know, when at work. Uh, but also they get a tool in their tool set to be able to work with, you know, uh, workers throughout the, uh, the employee life cycle. Yeah. So from attracting and recruiting talent to motivating and retaining talent. Um, and of course, you know, you know, in, a, in today's world where there's a war for talent and, you know, this is what keeps yeah. many business owners awake at night. Uh, this, is a, this is a new tool uh, to their tools that, that they can leverage, you know, to, to, to gain advantages in, in the labor market. Um, and I mean, also, if you think of it, it's, it's pretty strange that today when we live in, a, in an economy, you know, where everything is instant and on demand, more or less, you know, and everything is just uh, one one push of a button away in your mobile phone <laughs> yeah. uh, that you have to wait in Sweden for your pay as an hourly worker until the 25th next month. Yeah. And also, you know, as an analog, uh, you know, consider the following that you walk into a 7-Eleven store and you ask to buy a cup of coffee uh, and you get your cup of coffee and then you say that, great, I'll be back with those 50 krona in 40 days. <laughs> you know, they would, they would close the shop, right? <laughs> they wouldn't let you out because, and this is, this is really important that the business owner wants to get paid for the service product that they provide, but they won't pay the worker to provide that service until much later on. Mm. And we think that this is, you know, this is an outdated pay experience and pay construct that, you know, that we're looking to change in That's favor, true. of course, both businesses and workers. Absolutely. And I think this is really changing the game because, as you say, helping giggers and freelancers to get their money quicker, but also some general parts of the population as well. I mean, uh, you know, when you spell it out like that, it does seem very outdated and very, uh, very much something that sticks out. Why is it the case you have to w- uh, wait so long to basically uh, exactly. get the money from something that you that, that, that you've done? Certainly seems something that's outdated now that the the technology uh, and, and the systems are there to allow this to happen almost instantaneously. Mm, definitely, definitely. I mean, uh, that that is of course one of the problems that has uh, you know that has. Uh, stop the the innovation in the pay experience that you know technology uh, hasn't really been there um, mm. and there's been a lot of manual work in the in the process of uh, running payroll you know and managing these uh, pay advances uh, and yeah. it still is 
So, uh, you know, businesses, they lack the technology, they lack the routines and processes. And of course, they lack the liquidity to do this during the month for for the employees that wish to have, you know, a paid loss. So that's where we come in. Absolutely. And I think this is a good point that you raised there as well, Andreas, the fact that this is employers uh, who are actually benefiting from this as well, because it it, it, it automates a system which can be so very time consuming uh, and quite dull in terms of the, uh, the, the labor intensive uh, going through that, depending on the, the number of uh, workers that you have, but just going through and making sure that the the pay goes out, then you have your sort of employer contributions, all the taxes, things that you need to do at the same time as uh, as well, um, you know, to, to facilitate and uh, and simplify this process for them as well must be a real advantage. Yeah, it is definitely. And I mean, a lot of businesses today that uh, they, you know, they, uh, they say no to uh, paying out salary or pay in advance, uh, because there is a lot of manual work and manual work, you know, is equal to money spent on, you know, administrative tasks that can be spent otherwise. Yeah. So uh, that sort of, you know, limits the uh, the pay experience for, for these workers uh, yeah. when they actually need the money at most. And, you know, where we are today with inflation, you know, and uh, uh, everyone's talking about the upcoming recession and everything. People yes. are more in need of the money they earn now yeah. rather than later. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know. Co- completely agree on this, uh, this approach. Com- completely agree that this is something that's absolutely necessary. And give us a little bit of an idea at the moment about the um, the, the services that you're offering. What kind of jobs are people doing uh, that are making uh, the, the the use of your services? Is it one specific sector or is it more broad across a range of uh, sectors and services? Yeah, so, um, you know, I would say that uh, it's, uh, or what we're seeing is that, you know, hourly workers is definitely one of the, uh, the target groups for this because they exhibit characteristics that other workers don't. For example, if you're, you're working, you know, a number of hours for one employer, you're working a number of hours for another employer, uh, you know, your struggle during a month is getting enough hours to be able to pay you your, your rent and fixed costs, et cetera, to make you yeah. living. Um, so the, getting the money quicker for those individuals is often, you know, uh, uh, much more uh, of a uh, struggle than for other people. Yeah. So uh, I would say that, you know, f- flexible workers in that sense is, is our target group. But uh, yeah. And a lot of, of course, uh, in, in this sector, there's a lot of blue collar workers. Yeah. Uh, but what we're also seeing is that, you know, um, a lot of the hourly workers and frontline workers are going to get this, you know, uh, first. But... Mm. Every other, you know, white collar workers who are working in the office, etc., are going to ask, "Why? Why don't we get this as well?" Because, <laughs> yes. you know, <laughs> why yeah, should this yeah. be just for one sector? Uh, so I think that, you know, in the coming years, everyone more or less that uh, that earns a pay uh, will be able to access their money quicker than they are today. Yeah. Uh, so you know, across you know, across geographies, across industries, no matter where you work or what you do for for a living, uh, you're going to be able to access your pay sooner. Excellent. Well, this is good news for individuals uh, and also, uh, I think at the end of the day, employers, because as you rightly highlight there, Andreas, there is a war for talent out there. There, You want to be able to keep good people, uh, interest them with new projects, 
uh, and new activities in a way of being able to say, well, look, you can get your money straight away, um, you know, several times a month instead of sort of waiting for it. This must be a, sh- a huge incentive that uh, uh, um, uh, a potential uh, employer, individual giving out projects to be able to attract the right people must be able to use as a, as a bit of a carrot in terms of uh, uh, attracting the best, uh, the best talent that's available on the open market. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of employers also see it from, you know, an employer branding perspective that uh, you yeah. become more of a modern employer when you update the pay experience. And yeah, uh, of course, you know, that's part of also the, the attraction and re- recruitment phase of the employee lifecycle. So, yeah. um, you know, just, and it's, of course, it's hard to measure, you know, the, the, um, the financial impact of, uh, of uh, having a stronger, um, stronger employee brand or employee brand but mm. you definitely see it and it's it's becoming easier to attract talent i mean if you're if you're choosing between working for you know uh, one warehouse or the other or one fast food restaurant or the other you know you're gonna make you know you're gonna make burgers at the boat both of the both of these employers <laughs> the restaurants. you yes. have the, yes. more or less the same terms the same pay why would I choose to work for, you know, McDonald's versus Burger King? Well, if, you know, if Burger King were to provide uh, flexible pay to their workers, it's going to be much more interesting for me to select Burger King. And that has also been seen, you know, internationally with other uh, providers within the flexible pay space that uh, businesses are seeing these advantages throughout the employee lifecycle, which is, of course, very interesting and uh, something that we're picking up on here in Sweden now as well. That, 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 that's that's brilliant and as you say it's it's something which is is, is really a differentiator uh in the in the marketplace but also something that i think can go quite viral we look at the sort of how things are shared on tiktok uh, um snapchat and instagram today this kind of thing that you know someone putting out look i've got my salary straight away or a part of it how these things just spread uh mm-hmm. Uh, among the demographic that we're, uh, we're we're looking at as well, it's it's a huge advantage. And this kind of word of mouth, which we we see is the most uh, strong um, and and the most influential way of being able to sort of share these things. This just seems to be sort of a way that this will just take off. Uh, and as you say, more people will demand this as as, as standard over time. Yeah, I, mean, I think there's going to be a hygiene factor, uh, more or less, for businesses to offer these to, to their employees. And, you know, also what we're seeing is that uh, flexibility, you know, in the workplace has also yeah. uh, come a long way. You know, you know, just just look you know, for, for the last few years here with a with a pandemic and everything before mm. the pandemic, you know, the flexibility in the workplace was a lot about uh, when you worked. Uh, so uh, instead of working you know, nine to five or yeah. Uh, eight to five uh, you were able to work maybe you know on your own terms as long as you did the work and you attended the meetings that you need to attend right yes uh, and of course a lot of office office workers uh, had this privilege uh, and it was also a perk of course for startups to offer their employees to be able to work when they wanted instead of you know being yeah. in the office um, eight to five or nine to five yeah and, and yeah. the second wave of flexibility that we've seen now with the pandemic is of course the flexibility in geography you can work from home you can work from the office or in a hybrid yes. setting and of course something that existed before the pandemic but but was you know accelerated by the pandemic and post-pandemic you know uh, i took part in a webinar when they where they said that before the pandemic on average people wanted to work 10 percent from home 
and after i mean that's like four hours per week and yeah. after the pandemic that number was up to 60 percent, so three days a week. <laughs> yes so there's a massive yeah. shift you know in in that type of flexibility and uh, what that type of flexibility can you know um, uh, provide workers with and uh, i think that that has changed forever uh, it's mm. not going to look to people being in the office 100 uh, percent and now you Absolutely. know we're seeing third wave of flexibility in the workplace being you know getting paid on your terms for the you know for the work that you've done wherever you did it whenever you did it mm. uh, and also i think that uh, and also you know one of our you know thesis that we're working around is that flexibility is not just a way of uh, you know accessing things or um, you know uh, experiencing things any longer it's, it's it's part of an integral part of life uh, and it's going to be you know it's going to be more and more uh, integral to your, to everyone's life uh, going forward uh, mm. whether that's, you know pay or you know uh, when you work where you work or whatever uh, and i mean technology has definitely changed that forever um I mean, looking at how people uh, made it through the pandemic with, you know, team meet, teams meetings. And, exactly. And Zoom as this one. Uh, yeah. Or whatever it could be, you know, I could be in Spain and still working, you know, doing, having my meetings, you know, attending everything at the office and et cetera. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think you, you you highlight something very important, the way that digitalization is actually changing the way of work. And as you rightly say, and I and I agree with you on this that the uh, it's not going back to the way it, the way it was before the pandemic. I mean, certain things mm. are, can be reset, but I think this is people have got the taste for this flexibility and this kind of remote working uh, reality because the technology is there. And I think that this is sort of changing their dynamics. And we still see people that they want to meet up physically. I mean, I think one of the big things from this of the last two years is that people want to have physical meetings. They want to actually be there. But it doesn't mean they need to be nine to five, five days a week in uh, 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 an office altogether. And it can be more sort of spread out. And I think also this mentality that a job is a place, I think that has changed forever as well. It's more sort of the, the tasks, the projects and the impact and value that you can deliver as opposed to turning up to a place, uh, a, 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 a big, big, big seed to be, uh, to be present I think that this sort of mentality as well is something that's very uh, that, that's very very strongly through the the pandemic and also probably uh, the world of work is actually more strong and better for it as we focus more on efficiencies uh, uh, and allowing technology to, to 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 be involved in that as opposed to just people turning up to a specific place and uh, either working or or, or 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 seeming to work for a certain number of hours. Yeah, 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 definitely, and uh, <clears throat> I mean, I, I completely agree on on the, a lot of the things you say here. And uh, you know, the, the workplace has changed, and it's changing rapidly. And I think that's you know uh, that, that's how society works today. Uh, I mean, if you look historically, uh, you know, m major shifts in in society, etc., uh, happened in serial in a serial fashion. Yeah. But today, a lot of you know massive shifts in uh, in society in you know technological advances. Uh, advances are happening in parallel instead i mean just look at look at what's happening uh, in the in the digital sphere with you know web3 metaverse nft yeah. cryptocurrency a lot of these things are happening in parallel it's, just, it's like even for me you know coming from a from a technical background it's it's, yeah. it's, it's becoming hard to keep up with all the uh, with everything that's happening more or less and yeah um, 
it's also you know providing new opportunities for work um, and you know everything with VR, AR, and uh, you know the metaverse, etc. It's 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 gonna it's gonna all change you know again how we work in the future. I think. Mm. Well, it's interesting that you say the speed of change is so quick that even an expert yourself is struggling to keep up. I mean, think of the average person in the street. I mean, the the exponential change and the 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 rapid developments that are ongoing at the moment. I, I completely agree with you, Andreas. It's uh, it's very difficult to sort of keep up with uh, with this, but I think that the the fact that it is changing and also creating new roles, new services, and even new new jobs and new sectors that we haven't even thought about sort of even uh, five months, let alone five years ago. Uh, there are new opportunities being created all the time, and I think that's that's an important part that people, um, particularly sort of the decision makers and opinion formers, sometimes forget. They kind of focus on the old world, old uh, uh, economy, and say, "Oh, well, these jobs are uh, disappearing. It's terrible." But the fact is that for all those jobs that are disappearing, it seems to be sort of double the amount are actually being created through new technologies and new ways of working. Yeah, absolutely. And I read that the uh, the World Economic Forum said that 85 million jobs will disappear in, in the coming 10 years, uh, but not, uh, I think it was like 93 million jobs will be created. Instead. Right. Yeah. Uh, and also I read that, um, you know, uh, 90% of the kids born today uh, will have a job when they grow up that is not yet invented. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's a true testament to, yes. to how both the, the, you know, the society and the labor market is changing and, you know, the, the, mm. the shifts that are happening right now. So, I mean, we live in a time when we should be glad to, to live in this time because it's, it's yeah. so many things happening now that we're going to be able to tell our grandchildren then uh, later on. Yes. <laughs> so they will be able to understand, you know, coming from black and white television to uh, the <laughs> where we were, we live in today. <laughs> Absolutely. Also, you know, in regards to that, you know, it's it's hard for us as human beings to keep up, uh, but it's you know maybe even harder for society and and you know regulation and legislation to keep up with what's happening. And, 100%. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we're seeing this with uh, you know policy making, legislation, regula- regulation uh, around uh, you know everything from us, you know, being a regulated entity by the uh, Swedish FSA, the Finances Kuna. Uh, you know how new uh, regulatory frameworks it takes a lot of time before they're implemented uh, yep. it takes a lot of time for them to change uh, they're still you know they're still operating uh, in the old world where you know where fintechs more or less didn't uh, exist mm. <laughs> maybe a bit harsh but you know uh, it kind of feels like that when you when you when you work with them but, yep. but also you know uh, uh, governments with the legislation around, you know, platform workers' rights, Duck Seven, yes. uh, yeah. all our things that you that you're, you know, pushing mm. uh, change around, around, um, and also what will, you know, you know, bring a lot of um, structure, I think, to to the gig economy uh, and make it more of a uh, not regulated, but uh, of course regulated, but uh, you know, make it make it better for for workers. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they can, you know, they can live by the terms that ordinary workers in other industries work yeah. by today. Yeah, and I think it's an important change that we're sort of developing and going forward because, you know, we don't want a sort of two-tier society where the people on a, on a kind of a traditional employment contract are at an advantage and have better, uh, better situation, 
better terms and conditions than someone who chooses to be a freelancer. It should be exactly the same. It's just the the flexibility and the the opportunity should be should be open. You shouldn't be certainly shouldn't be seen as a uh, or treated as a second class citizen just because of the fact you choose a different way of of working. And I think that's uh, something that we need to uh, we need to we need to develop. And also, it's you're absolutely right. The as this sector matures. Uh, and as the more sort of uh, freelancing and also the, uh, the, the the systems and processes and services around it develop as well, I think to show that it's uh, more mature and it's a, 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 a credible option for more and more individuals. And I think this is the, uh, the, 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 the steps that we're taking at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think also, you know, the, the gig economy is... Uh... I think a lot of people see it as something new, a new phenomenon. Uh, mm, but it, yeah. you know, in reality, it's like the oldest job in the world, right? Yeah, yeah uh, it is. So it, it's just that uh, I think the uh, the notion of the gig economy has been, you know, uh, it's been accelerated by the digital transformation. Uh, yeah. It has happened like the ten to twenty last years uh, or mm. so. But it's still, you know, everyone working in the gig economy, whether that be, you know, their primary source of income or, you know, secondary source of income, uh, they have issues that haven't really been solved today because they are also, you know, they exhibit characteristics uh, once again that uh, others don't, other workers don't, because yeah. if you're a freelancer working for a company, you act as a business towards your clients. Uh, yeah. But, you know, on the back of that, you're still a private individual, maybe self-employed via a gig platform. Mm. So you're somewhere, you're a hybrid of a business and a, you know, a person, a private individual. And that's, uh, you know, that causes issues. So for example, right. you know, going through your bank, trying to get a, a mortgage, for example, they're going to ask about who's your employer, what's your monthly salary. And you're going yes. to say that, you know, <clears throat> last month I had six employers and uh, my salary was, you know, X. The month before that was 2X and I had four employers. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the banks can't cope with that because, <laughs> or I say, I would say most banks can't cope with that because it's, yeah. it's, it's not the standard model. Definitely. Um, and, that, and that's also pretty frightening because, you know, 25% um, um, of the, uh, of, of uh, people in the, in the, uh, what is it? 25% of the global workforce uh, is going to be engaged in gig economy by 2025. It's estimated, uh, and you're given that, and that banks around the world aren't able to provide, you know, mortgages for for those 25% exactly. or, or less. Yeah. How's that going to affect the uh, the housing market? Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, I think the new solutions need to be thought out in terms of financial services all the way from sort of giving loans, providing insurance, all these kind of things as well need to be uh, need to adapt and actually be advanced. Because where we are at the moment just seems to be that, yeah, as a, a larger percentage of the population are actually to take on these new forms of work, you can't suddenly be saying, well, our services aren't available for the, particularly here in Sweden, the big four banks, if they say that so 20, 25% of the population uh, are instantly precluded from actually taking part, then either you need to adapt or else there's an opportunity for a, for a new player to be able to take a share of the market because it's yeah. uh, very, uh, very outdated. Yeah, I mean, in, in, in that sense, you know, a lot of the people working in the, in the gig economy are, somewhat financially excluded from the traditional banking and finance systems mm. yeah and of course that opens up opportunities for, for fintechs to to you know to cater to and serve this um, uh, this population yeah um, so um i mean there are a lot of opportunities in the market today for for fintechs um 
and you know I think that's you know like a company like Cappy, uh, our company yeah. that are you know uh, leveraging fintech uh, to do good in the market uh, to, yes. to help people out. Uh, I think that's very important also for 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 the gig economy to to actually work and not have you know predatory uh, fintech companies out there you know providing loans with uh, you know. Um, high interest rates, etc. Yeah. That you know, that just impacts or worsens the, the the personal finances of these individuals. So that's that's one of our mantras going forward that we need to provide fair services to these individuals. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like, not on the terms that other workers get. Yeah, no, I think it's fantastic, Andreas, and I think that Cappy really is changing the game, making more opportunities and allowing sort of workers to be able to access their money. Uh, and it, it is their money at the end of the day. They've, they, they, they've worked for this, but having the opportunity to be able to uh, access it uh, in a more flexible way, I think should become the standard sooner rather than later. But it's, it, it's fantastic. You're changing the rules of the game and actually sort of bringing this forward through your sort of technology and solutions for, for, for individuals, but also companies as well. So really looking forward to watching the progress and watching the, the, the developments in this sector too. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I think that you know the, the the coming three to five years is definitely going to be a defining uh, period for for uh, flexible pay in the workplace. Excellent. Well, Andreas, keep us informed of how things uh, go, and look forward to having you on again soon to give us those updates on what's happening in the uh, in the fintech sector and how it's affecting the uh, the flexible open talent uh, marketplace. Thank you. It's great being here, Glenn. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye.